to verse 18. We are reading that together and then we will sit down. The Bible says, verse 1, chapter 2, and the book is Philippians. Thank you. Nice and loud. Let us read together. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Verse next, the Bible says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Could we read that one more time? Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. So I want you to know that as we go into formalizing commitment to this ministry part has definitely well, you're thinking you're doing that for yourself and that is okay because the, the decision part has definitely come from you Mr. Mganze but he's saying that once you do that you are trying to leave out this mindset that you have been invited to embrace the mindset of knowing that once I commit once I give my word once I give my heart to this ministry in essence, what I'm doing is not so much for me, it is also for the others. The Bible says in verse 5, in your relationships with one another, I feel like I'm stretching my voice and it's bothering me. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now pay attention to this. Have the same what? Mindset. A mindset is a way of looking at everything that you look at. Whether you are aware or not, you look at things the way you do because you have a certain mindset. The Bible is saying to you and I that what we are to do is to have the same mindset as the one that Jesus Christ had. Now, let's hear the mindset. The Bible says, verse 5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ had. Now, verse 6. Who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So he knew how important he was. He knew how powerful he was. He knew how gifted he was. If you want to bring this to what we are talking about today as we take the decision as we make the decision to commit. You are aware of what strength you bring into this ministry. You are aware of what gift you bring into this ministry. But the mindset that Jesus wants you and I to have is the one that he had. What was it? Who, being in that very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. What kind of nature did he take on? The very nature of a servant. And verse 8, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He did what? He humbled himself 
by becoming obedient today. Now, in you making that decision to commit to what the leadership of the church is saying, at a very, very deep level, you would, have, you, you would need to humble yourself. Minus that, it is going to be next to impossible, if possible at all, to do what we are trying to do here if you do not bring yourself to that place of humility. But look what happened. God exalted him. Verse 9. There are four. So, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every time acknowledging that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There are four, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So as you make the decision to commit, God is acting in you to will to fulfill his not yours, to fulfill, to fulfill his good purpose. Verse 13, 14. Now, if you have decided to take the step, this is the attitude. Uh, Kathy, do everything without grumbling. Do everything without grumbling. I struggled with this being the title of the message, but the Holy Spirit took me to another place. I'll share that detail with you in a minute. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Did you catch what causes you to shine? Doing everything without grumbling or arguing. Father, may this word accomplish what you have sent it to accomplish through Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated for a few minutes, and then we'll have Holy Communion together, and then we will we will uh, see uh, those uh, forms uh, there with Pastor Peace, and when the time comes, I will uh, say a little bit more about that. Welcome to Dominion Church, a place where love is alive. It is my pleasure to stand before you uh, again this evening, this afternoon. Uh, I want to really add my voice to those that have been here already, uh, thanking people for doing different things in this ministry. Uh, since last night, I've received uh, several uh, messages of gratitude from the Peep uncle, uh, Pastor Peace herself and the family. Pastor Peace lost a very dear uncle, as, as some of you here are witnessed. Uh, uh, Sister Hilda, not this Hilda, this Hilda, the youth pastor, uh, another Sister Hilda in the community. 
I'm aware that some people were contacting Sister Hilda, wondering if she was the one who has lost her dad. Just to clarify, you know, it is another Sister Hilda who is also a member of the community. They are exceedingly grateful, grateful for Dominion Church. And for me, when people say Dominion Church, I, I always want to emphasize that when they say that, they are talking about you. They're not talking about these pillars, these walls. They're not talking about these plants. They're talking about the people. So a lot of gratitude has been sent, and I'm passing it on to you as we thank God for letting us and allowing us to be a blessing to the community, especially in times such as that. Continue to do that. Continue to witness uh, one of the things that we stand on as a ministry as you're going to see on one of, the, of those papers is witnessing and what that means is that we we break these walls not literally but we, we we think in such a way that we are not constrained to only these four walls that we are a church even when we leave that door and we are there wherever we are in the community in the, in our homes in our places of work we are still Dominion Church. This, this specific wall, this specific space only becomes Dominion Church when we occupy it. This is a, this is a, a very important a piece of theology to really grasp and keep at the very back of your mind. These four corners, they become Dominion Church when the church occupies these walls. We take the moment to sit to TV saying before Dominion Church, the Dominion Church is in it. So what does that mean? You are the church. That means you are the church. So wherever you go, remember that. Remember that you are still Dominion Church. So uh, pay some attention to how you represent the church. Because whether you want or not, you are representing the church. <laughs> uh, there's a, a young man here. We attended a birthday party together. And he said, the minute pastor left, the whole thing turned into a different thing. People were dancing like crazy. People were drinking. He felt his pain. Kind of things they were drinking. And I, I felt him. I felt his pain. I felt his pain. I won't say his name. If he wants to share one day, he will share. But I felt him. I felt him. He noticed that something is off. Something is off. We are not behaving like church. I thought this was a birthday for a, a one-year-old. Yeah, he, he was troubled. He was troubled, yeah. So just pay attention to how you conduct yourself when you're out there. Because guess what? Some people are noticing. And if they know you to be a member of the church, you might put them in that very delicate place of, of figuring out what has just happened right now. How did we switch from... <laughs> how did we transition <laughs> from A to 
to Z in just a snap of a finger. I just thought I would remind you that. When we finished the service last Sunday, I was having a very uh, quick uh, chat there with Pastor Peace, and she's like, now what are you going to talk about next Sunday? Because we've talked about commitment three, three weeks now. What are you going to talk about? And I let that question bother me pretty much the entire week. And I said, God, if the one thing I want people to take from this is that all this time we are talking about committing to Jesus, how and what should I say on Sunday? The Holy Spirit said to me, it's in the, it's in the title. And I had completely no, no idea what that meant. But as he said, it's in the title. Then he takes me to Philippians. I'm thinking, what title? Philippians cannot be the title. Maybe it can. So sometimes when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me and it's not clear, I demand. I demand for clarity. I demand for clarity. Like, God, I want to mindset. It is what you have said to me. And then he takes me directly to the word mindset. To the word mindset. And then I go to Philippians and I search where is the word mindset in the book of Philippians. <laughs> and the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, it says that you and I, in how we relate, we are to have the same mindset as the one Jesus Christ had. But it's a very, very important word. Yes, Benjamin, yeah, you can put it up one more time. We do have a title for our message today. And what that title says, Cultivating the Jesus Mindset. Cultivating what? The Jesus Mindset. In other words, there's a particular way that Jesus thought. There's a particular way that Jesus conducted himself. There's a particular way that Jesus rolled. And that is the mindset that you and I, as we conclude this message about commitment, this is the mindset, this is the word that the Lord has planted on my heart to share with you as we get into this very important step in our journey as a ministry. So I say very important, this is why. Since 2002, we, we, since we have existed as a ministry, we have had people who we know that these people are really, really, uh, they will be there when you need them. But we had never taken the step to formalize that. So today we are doing that. And as we do that, we are inviting others. If you have been coming to Dominion Church, but you're really... Muruganda Bagamba Baja. Naga Naga. Ani? Naga Naga. That one. Yes. So that means in Luganda, Ibrahim. Ibrahim, you, you, you call it? Naga Naga. Aga Naga. Aga Naga. So there's no N at the beginning. Okay, that means you are, you are here, you are not here really, so you are there, but also you're not really there, so you are really not anywhere. That's really what it means, because you're there a little bit, but you're also there a little bit, then you're really not sure where you are. So if that has been the mindset that you have been bringing to Dominion Church, tonight we want to pray against that. We want to pray to cultivate. So the word cultivate is an active word. 
If you are a farmer, if you're going to cultivate your crop, you definitely have to go. There's so many processes. But at some point, you have to get up. You have to go find whatever tool you need to use. So some people in Canada, they even put on gloves. I don't know how they dig with gloves. If my dad saw you putting on gloves when it's time to go dig. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Little wedding. You would be finished. He says it's time to go to the garden. Finished. You will be finished. Like, finished. But if you're going to cultivate anything, if you're going to cultivate, you definitely are going to take some active steps, Mrs. Wamiki. You're going to get up. You're going to gather whatever tools you need. You're going to till the land. You're going to plant whatever you're going to plant. You're going to irrigate it. All those things are very practical and very active steps that you are going to take. So if you and I are going to cultivate the Jesus mindset, we are absolutely going to be very, very intentional. And the Bible cautions you and I. So the place where we started at the beginning of the year was a place where we stood in this scripture in Revelation chapter 3 verse 14 to 16. And Jesus is cautioning us. He's really cautioning us that he really resents this idea of being aganag. If he spoke Luganda, that's the word he would have used. But because he didn't speak Luganda, the word he uses actually didn't even speak English. But the word, I wonder what the word in the Luganda version is for the word lukewarm. I know your deeds, the Bible says. Could you read that together? The Bible says, I know your deeds. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. In other words, he's saying, let me illustrate one more time. He's saying, I wish you were standing here or here. That is what he's saying. I wish you were actually a committed member of Dominion Church or are not. <laughs> First of all, or not a member. I wish you were here or here. That is what he's saying. I wish you were either one or the other. So what are, what, what are the either or the other? Heart or cold? He's really resenting this idea of not being defined. And that is what we are standing in tonight. It is the place we started at the beginning of the year. Oh, I cannot even, I would never forget. I remember men, uh, a couple men, uh, was, I think there was a few ladies also, but mostly they were men. They stood up here and they said, tonight is the night that I am making the, de the decision to accept Christ. I'll never forget that. What is that the Bible say? Verse 16, what does it say? Verse 16 says, do you have verse 16, uh, Benjamin? So I think Benjamin has a, a problem there. So what we're going to do, 
Okay, so it says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. I have always found this to be a very, very big word. That Jesus is looking at this state of you and I being in that place of not being decided. You are here one day, you are not there at all. Then wherever you are on the other day, you're really not there that day. Committing to church that we, we had. So on top of the value of uh, committing to church that we, we had last Sunday, I don't know if anybody remembers any of the things uh, Pastor Peace spoke about. Pastor Peace uh, took some time uh, speaking about the value of really belonging or making the commitment to belong to a specific local church. In our case, we are talking about this local church, Dominion Church International, that, that assembles in this place. That is the church we are talking about. The benefits of committing to that. It's an opportunity for you and I to share the gifts that God has given us. To fulfill what? What did he call it? A good purpose. To fulfill a good purpose. Big benefit. For, for really, because if you have a gift and you do not utilize it to benefit others, then you have not fulfilled the purpose for which God gave you that gift. But something else I wanted to add on to that as we look at the biblical foundations for committing to a, a local church is something that I want to take you to in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, uh, verse, uh, let's see here, uh, verse 15 to 17. Jesus speaks to us about the image that he uses when he thinks about pastors. He's used this image many times when he thinks of the sheep and the flock. He asks the question, what do you think? Uh, uh, my brother there, Matthew chapter 15, chapter 18. If we see verse 18 to 17, Jesus starts by asking a question. What do you think? What do you think? Now, wasn't if your brother sins against you? Sorry, no, not that one. That will that will come after. If let's read it together. If your brother sins against you, go and point it out. So before that, uh, uh, my brother, let's step a little bit back and go to verse twelve. Verse twelve. We're gonna come to that in a moment. Verse twelve. Matthew chapter eighteen. If we take verse 12 together, there's an image that Jesus uses here many times in other places to describe the relationship between the pastors and the congregation and uses the image of sheep and the flock and the, and the shepherd. But then here he asks the question, he's speaking and he asks the question, what do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep? And one of them wanders away, mark the word wandering away. So in other words, it is uh, in the, sometimes in the character. It is not so out of character of sheep to wander away. Any of you ever wandered away? <laughs> Actually, so the other version, uh, so the amplified version it says once the sheep wanders away should the shepherd 
find the sheep. In other words, it is possible for the shepherd not to find the sheep. But let's read it together. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on, his, on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? It's a question. Now when you think as a, a minister here, as a pastor, the implication here, the implication of this relationship this year is that this man who is, Sister Doreen, this shepherd who is going around Sister Diana to look for that sheep, do you think they know the sheep they are looking for? I want you to answer that with a very affirmative yes. The Bible is saying that your relationship with your pastor is such one as the shepherd and the sheep. And he says that any wise shepherd, if they lose one sheep, they will automatically do whatever it takes for them to go find that sheep. But do you think that shepherd is just wandering also, grabbing whatever sheep they find and bring it back? Oh, I found the sheep. Absolutely not. So the step that we are taking as a ministry, yes, it works both ways. It helps me as a, mini, as, as a pastor to fulfill my duty that has been assigned to me. What duty is that? Big duty that we see in Hebrews chapter 13. It says that I am as a pastor, I am to give an account for those that have been entrusted in my care. For the time that I've been a pastor. When I make when I meet God one day, and I'm at that time where all of you, all of us are going to have that moment where we answer to how we have conducted, how we have, uh, what is the word? Stewardship. How we have been good or bad, terrible stewards of what God gave us while we're still here on earth. When that time comes, he's going to look in, in his record and he will see that from the year 2015 or 14 or 2013, I don't remember the years, to the year 2020, because maybe this is the end of my time here as a pastor, he's going to say, I need an account. I need an account of how you handled those that were entrusted in your care. Now, should I start st stammering? Should I start stammering? I will have missed my reward. So this is what we are doing, works both ways. What else does it say, uh, my brother there? I'm going to give you another biblical foundation for what we are trying to do, uh, committing to our local church, and then we will have Holy Communion, and once we are done, we will... Uh... So for those of you who are ready, you will go to Pastor Peace, you will take that form. Maybe actually the forms will be here or somewhere there. We're going to give you direction. Don't worry about that piece. And then you will take the form. Mr. Chigos, did you bring the, the pencils? Mr. Chigos has a pencil for every single one of you who will take a form. Uh, or maybe give those pencils to Pastor Peace as we're going to introduce this in a, in a minute. The Bible says, uh, the scripture that I was reading to you, 
Let's continue uh, down, uh, Benjamin. Now let's go to verse, to verse 15, a very important portion where I wanted also to draw your, your minds to as you think about why would this be something that we are required to think about as a ministry. So if you go back, uh, uh, if you go down to verse 15, the Bible speaks of a, a system, a system that churches are supposed to follow if anything, <laughs> if a conflict or if anything that needs to be attended to happens. Let's read it together. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between what? That two of you. So that is the very starting point. He says, if they listen to you, you have won them over. In other words, he's saying that as we relate here, as even if it is your pastor, I'll tell you something that really, truly, truly uh, grieves my spirit. It's for somebody to come here and they observe and they figure in their mind, in their heart, that you know what, I think this pastor is off here. I think this pastor is doing a mistake here, he's doing something wrong. And they go, they make sure everyone else knows except who? Except the one concerned. It really grieves my spirit. The Bible is saying here that if you have a thing between any brother, make sure that the first person to hear of that thing is that brother or that sister. Do you know how many marriages would have been saved if we followed that one guideline? Do you know how many churches would have still been together if we followed that one guideline? There's a sister who shared with me something about a pastor who came here many years ago and did unspeakable things. But she shared with me in a very personal way and it really stuck with me. She said, Pastor, that thing, that, 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 that incident almost uh, broke my marriage. But do you know what would have been if that man came here much that were things that they didn't like about how we were doing things and then they pointed out to us? Do you know how much that would have happened? How, how, much, how much damage would have been prevented? The Bible says if you notice something as you members of Dominion Church, you notice something about another brother or sister and you are offended by it, make sure, Marco, that the first person who hears about your offense is the person that committed the offense. Let's go down. This, is actually, this wasn't the reason for why I was led to this portion, but that also, I guess, needed to come out. Verse 17, what does it say? Oh, but if, he, if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony If they refuse, uh, could you go back to 16? But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Go to 17. Do you notice that all up until this point, Chala um, Sembeguya, there's no way I hear said put it on Facebook. You notice that? 
So the first one is go to the person. What is the second? And you only go to the second and the third person if the person has completely refused. Notice that. This is how we are to govern ourselves as a church. Now he says, if even the third and the, uh, the second and the third witness, things don't work out, he says, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. Now I want you to pay very close attention if you haven't been paying attention, if you haven't been paying attention up until this point. What church do you think he's talking about here? The universal church? The church of all the believers who have said, I accept Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? Absolutely not. So what he has in mind here is that there is such a thing as a group of people who convinced Samuel Mchala Muganzi, and when things happen, this is the place to go to resolve these things. He's not saying that point that out to the universal church. Now, if you are in this tendency of saying, but pastor, why should we formalize commitment? How else are you going to know who to involve in this matter when you don't have people that are committed to that specific group? Who are you going to involve, Sister Becky? Who is going to be part of this group of people who are going to hear this matter? That needs to be resolved. Musa, who, who are you going to include in this group? So if you have any doubts or questions about the biblical foundation for committing to a specific local church, that, is enough, that one is enough for you. And if that is enough, read Hebrews Think as a pastor for a second, but also think as a congregation for a second, and you will notice that as Jesus speaks, he truly has in mind a group of people that have shared values that convene to make this thing that we are calling the church. Amen. But my prayer, as I prayed so hard on this, was that God, if people, if I want people to know that this entire time, the thing that we are talking about is commitment to Christ, what and how should I present this word? The place it took me was the place about developing and cultivating the mindset of Jesus Christ. And what is that mindset? It is the mindset of humbling yourself to the point of a a servant. If there's one message that I can preach every single Sunday, if there was nothing else to preach about, it would be that message and it would be enough. If I picture a world, if I picture a local church where everybody was putting on the same mindset as the same mindset as Jesus Christ had, we would have very healthy churches anywhere you go. You would not have this chaos that sometimes you see in churches. Now, Pastor Peace, uh, please help me uh, to... So what is going to happen is this. Thank you, Mr. Sebofu, Pastor Sebofu. Keep doing that. 
What we're about to do right now uh, is to go through a, a very uh, important piece of paper that will mark formalizing your commitment to this local assembly. I'll quickly read uh, for you what it says. It has these questions. And every question that is on there has a, a biblical or scripture reference. This is question number one. Have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? And for that, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, please, if you could listen to me, I'm just going to quickly do this so that when you get back the form, you you see the things that I've been talking about. The first question is, have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Benjamin, I sent you uh, these uh, two documents. Have you pulled it? It's in your email. If you're not, that's okay. I'll just keep reading here. Have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? That is question number one. So if the answer is yes, then you're going to indicate for, for us when. I want you to remember to know that that things, the responses that you give on this form will only be, will be seen by only maybe uh, a set of four eyes only. Huh? No. Four people have eight eyes, right? <laughs> right? Usually. Under normal circumstances. Um, come on, God help your pastor. So uh, I just wanted to emphasize up, uh, confidentiality there, that these forms, whatever you respond on those forms, your responses are going to only be seen by a few people. The administration, uh, for now, really strictly uh, pastor piece. And uh, we can guarantee that whatever you say here will be kept with utmost confidentiality. Not that there is anything that uh, is uh, scary. Uh, but the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that is why we ask that question. Very important question. Have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Question two, have you been baptized in water by immersion? So the reason we include by immersion is because that is what we teach as a ministry. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The, question, the other question is, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? The reason we ask that question, so remember, wherever we, you see a question, if the answer is no, you will go to the next. If it is yes, you'll be prompted to say something else. But all this is on one page, and it will be uh, very quick. What I'm encouraging you is to take the time with it today right after the service and sit somewhere in your chair, get a pencil, and go through this in a very intentional way. If you're not ready to uh, hand in the form at this point, that is okay. Take whatever time you need. Take absolutely whatever time you need. And then when you're ready, you bring it to Pastor Peace. Uh, question four. Do you believe the statement of fundamental and essential truth? So that is going to be attached onto this form that you are going to receive. Things that we believe in as a local, as a ministry, things that we stand on. Five. Are you endeavoring to live a Christian, a consistent Christian life? That's a very important question uh, for us. So that you... Uh, 
you help people like that young man who was really troubled when he saw things that did not really uh, align with what he had been six really of uh, people that he knows as a Christian question six will you stand with this church and this is what standing with this church means by consistent attendance by your consistent prayers by your means as Lord has prospered you in this church we teach 10% tithing and we teach offering number seven do you acknowledge and accept that the procedures governing your participation will as outlined will be outlined in the local church constitution of Dominion Church in other words do you submit to whatever the leadership of this church will decide or will uh, present there will be opportunity to discuss some things but the question is about do you submit to the leadership of this church I'll tell you something if you're in in any church never mind this local church Dominion Church but if you're in any local church let me also now uh, my friends online wherever you're watching from if you are in any local church anywhere somewhere and the pastor there in that church is not your pastor you have just complicated two things you have made your spiritual progress very stagnant you have made your spiritual progress very difficult if possible at all but also you have made the work of that pastor extremely very difficult if possible at all i need to repeat this if you're in any church somewhere and you do not identify the pastor of that church as your pastor you have two problems that you have introduced you have made your spiritual progress very difficult you've come a hindrance to your own spiritual progress but also you have made the work of that pastor very difficult if possible at all because according to jesus in his head he thinks that the relation that is to exist between a shepherd and the flock is that relationship where the shepherd knows the sheep as his sheep and the sheep know the shepherd as their shepherd that is the mind that jesus has when he thinks of how we are to conduct ourselves as a church number eight which is the last one are you prepared to subject yourself to the discipline of dci local assembly according to god's word and that piece the last one is very important according to god's word which would be matthew 18 which we just talked about I know we live in times where discipline is almost like a taboo yet the truth of the matter is that if you subscribe to that word you're going to find that the word says in second timothy 3 16 it says that one of the purposes for which it has been given to us is to correct us is to rebuke us is to teach us and then you will sign by saying i hereby commit to my church dominion church international toronto and i will endeavor to work for harmony and healthy fellowship in this church with the pastors the church ministers and fellow christians at all times then you put your chinkumu and you give the form to pastor peace pastor peace those forms are going to be once we are done holy communion those forms are going to be placed 
at that table in the back there. And I encourage you as we say the grace, or before we say the grace actually, you will reach there, you will take them, sit back, and technically the service will have ended there, and you take the time to do that. That is your fellowship today. That is your social interaction today. I'm going to ask the ushers to help me. Uh, and I, wa I want to make a comment about uh, how we are doing Holy Communion. Uh, so one of the things that we have been uh, strictly told to observe is anything that involves physical touching of each other. So when we reviewed how we do Holy Communion here, we remembered that there's actually no physical touching when we do our Holy Communion. Everybody uses their own hands to receive it and to consume it. So there's no physical touching between uh, uh, the person uh, is, who is giving you the Holy Communion and the person that is receiving it. So we figured we are actually okay to go ahead. So I just want you to bear with us as we observe that, that guideline. No physical touching. I have not touched Deborah's hand anywhere at all. Thank you. God bless you. As we ponder on that, as we ponder on the word that has come to us, we are going to take this minute to mark this very special day as we share in Holy Communion. The time that Jesus set aside to have uh, the Last Supper with his friends, I always call them his friends because they were so dear to him. The disciples were so dear to Jesus. He went through so many things with them. They witnessed when he was being rebuked. They witnessed. I, I know you've heard me sometimes say a little bit uh, hard words uh, when I speak about Peter. But Peter sometimes could not stand to, to watch the things that people were doing to Jesus. He just couldn't stand. He couldn't take it. <laughs> Though he allowed sometimes his, uh, his emotions to go ahead of himself. To the point that there was a time Jesus referred to him as the devil. See, what happens is, if you allow your emotions to go ahead of you a lot, you can't even stand in the way of Jesus. But I feel him, because of the closeness and the, and the care he had for him, he just could not take some of the things that people were doing to Jesus. How I pray that God surrounds you with some Peter's Amchalawami. People who won't take it, people who won't take it when they see others trying to, to mess with you. He just couldn't take it. 